0: Welcome to the Startup Launch with Podcast. I'm your host, Carl, and in each episode, we are going to unpack key insights, expert advice, and success stories to power up your startup journey. Let's make your entrepreneurial dreams a reality.
1: So good evening once more, everyone. Good evening, Steve. Good evening, Bolu, and good evening, GD. It's nice to have you guys on today. So yes, let's let's kick off. So the topic for today is uh, managing startup cash flow and how to keep your startup financially healthy. So before we go down to like the um, so many questions I have for today and any question that someone listening has, let me just go ahead to introduce my speakers because I like to do that first without the speakers we can have the session right so the first speaker i will be introducing is steve njenga and steve is an investment and transaction lead at Vigro africa he is a seasoned finance professional with over 15 years of experience in corporate finance, deal structuring, startups, and capital raising, is a certified public accountant with a Bachelor of Commerce degree. He has held the position of a CFO in reputable firms and has worked as an internal auditor for a leading FMCG brand. Currently, he works as the investment and transaction lead at Vilgro Africa, he supports emerging healthcare businesses in sub Saharan Africa. Steve is dedicated to community service, serving on school boards, and participating in charitable events. Thank you once more, Steve. It's a pleasure to um, have you on. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, my next speaker will be GD Aminu. So, GD is the chief financial officer at Ren Money a B2B slash B2C startup driven by the mission of empowering millions of underbanked individuals and small business owners across Africa through financial inclusion. With a focus on companies operating in challenging markets and stages, GD proudly identifies himself as a finance professional with a unique aptitude for navigating complex business environment short and to the point thanks um GD. it's a pleasure to have you on also when i reached out i was like really hoping you were going to accept uh thanks elton appreciate it glad to be here thanks so yes on to my next speaker austin on LA. so austin is the co-founder and chief financial officer of angels Reader finance. He also works as the strategy lead at Universal El Consortium. Consortium. He's a finance and strategy professional focused on driving economic growth and innovation in Africa. With expertise in project finance and strategic, strategic planning, Austin Hacks has successfully managed large-scale infrastructure projects, unlocking development opportunities in Africa as a finance expert and strategy advisor, he combines financial modeling, market analysis, and business strategy to optimize portfolio and foster growth. Austin's passion for tech startups and venture capital further enriches his skill sets. He actively, he actively shares his insights as a thought leader, inspiring fellow entrepreneurs to embrace entrepreneurship and achieve success, in Africa's evolving landscape. And, Austin, thanks once more. Oh, well, thank you so much, Austin. I, I was <laughs> wondering, uh, who is this Austin that you're
2: you describing? Like this? Well, thank you so much for <laughs> <being> on this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Austin. Let me just go ahead and introduce our last speaker. So our last speaker is Bolu Watife. Glory, Oluwa Femi, and he he is a principal consultant at Anikedeo Company and also a venture capital scout at Ajim Capital. So Boluwati Fair is a principal consultant, like I said, at Anikedeo Company. He assists startups in securing funding. He also serves as a VC scout for Besema and Ajim Capital. His achievements include being an Inaugural fellow of the Dream Venture Capital Investor Fellowship Program and a judge for the Global EdTech Cup competition. He has strong leadership and organizational skills. He drives growth and forges partnerships for the business he works with. And Boluwa lastly, is a highly motivated professional dedicated to community service and known for his expertise in innovation and creativity. <laughs> Thanks, Bolu, for joining. I, I think I really have amazing speakers today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, yes, I've introduced my speakers. Let me dive right into my questions. Well, I won't just jump right in. I just like to start with some sort of like an icebreaker question, right? And here's the question. And it's kind of an open question. I would want like, any of the speakers to answer. But moving forward, after like, the first question, I'll kind of direct the questions more specifically. So the first question, how important is it for startups to learn to manage their cash and financial resources properly and effectively? So any of my speakers want to help me with that? I can go. Um, short uh, answer is...
3: Um, critical uh, without it uh, you wouldn't survive really um, if you want me i can for me to elaborate i can elaborate more um please do yeah the <laughs> uh, critical thing is uh for a startup um without having to invest in any robust uh, uh accounting or um a higher cfo financial controller right you, the cash balance at the bank is a key indicator if you're going to open uh, your doors tomorrow, right? Um, so as a founder, uh, keeping your eyes on how much cash, uh, how much uh, wrong way you have is critical to your next move. Um, you can't close your eyes to uh, the wrong way, financial wrong way you have uh, before you go uh, start breaking grounds or doing many major investments, even including new hiring people. Um, for people that have started, have funded businesses before, uh, uh, it's almost like the, the deciding factor between uh, whether you're going to have a peaceful dinner with your family um, or otherwise. Yeah, let me stop
1: there for now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank you, Austin. I see your hands up. So please go ahead.
2: So yeah, um, I agree with what you is saying. Cash flow is very important for managing your cash properly is very important for um the success and survival of a startup. Um I know that we all know that cash flow is like the just like how blood is the life of a human being, cash is the life of any business. So um so it is important for any for for even the founders to understand how the cash is being um um, allocated efficiently. It is important. Uh, um, I mean, I, I've seen cases where a startup is and the next thing they're thinking of, even without looking at getting assets, the next thing they're thinking of is um, trying to get, um, trying to alleviate, or trying to live well, um, get um, the desk phone or get just to go and chill and all that. So um, it is important that um, you the first thing you, you need to do as a startup when you raise, even from family and friends, from debt or from equity, is to look at how to unlock revenue for you. And and yeah, when you allocate that money efficiently, when you monitor and allocate the money efficiently, I think it's going to open um up um, um other revenue sources and options for you. So, yeah, that is what what I'm trying to say, that um, learning to manage your cash properly and efficiently is absolutely
1: crucial for the success of your business and its survival. All right. Thank you, Austin. So, um, before Bolu goes ahead to speak, Steve, I think I'm guessing you did not hear my question um, clearly. Sorry about that. So, the question was, how important is it for startups to learn to manage their cash and financial resources properly? So, Bolu, please, you can go ahead. Hey um, yeah, thanks um, so um,
4: I believe cash is king, right so uh and as um Gideon said, it's critical. you have to be able to know how you spend your money, where your money is going, going, and how is it growing so um for a company that will survive really, unless you want to die tomorrow. Or a complete house of even individuals for you to be able to like keep having money, you should be able to track how you're spending your money and how you are growing it as well. So, um, it's critical for every startup to ensure they have proper planning for the money that is coming in and is it turning into revenue and uh, are they making money? Like, are they really, really making money? Is, it, is there profitability? Really? Because I believe. Revenue itself is like, like vanity. Um, the only scientific check is profitability. Yeah. Are we really, really making additional cash from the money we are making? So I think um, um cash is critical.
1: All right. Thank you very much for that, Bolu. So I believe we've established the fact that cash is important and critical for a business. Bolu, you said cash is king. So yes, yeah, Steve, my next question would be for you, and it's in line with the first question. And based on like this fact we've established about cash being very critical and important, what do you think are some of the ways startups can ensure that they maintain a healthy financial position and manage their cash effectively? So I will start with you, Steve.
5: Please, yeah, go ahead. And, uh, I concur with my colleagues who spoke earlier, especially Balu, who said cash is king. So really, cash flow management is a key aspect of this. And uh, yeah, one of the main areas I must say first for starters is uh, every every starter must have a budget in place because a budget is the one that manages. Your expenses and your income. It's, it's a very basic, actually. Um, I would say report within an organization because cash flow is one that is able to, te- is able to tell you what to spend today, what to spend in a week's time, what to spend in a month's time, a year or even five years down the road. So really a budget is key. And then definitely, um, being able to uh, prioritize your investments, especially if it's a young company, then uh, I would advise you to be asset light. Focus more on reinvesting the money as opposed to tying your money into, you know, uh, what you would call like fixed assets. Um, for instance, you know, um, yeah, people might uh, I have seen founders rushing to say, you know, buying offices or buying cars for the founders or on a very expensive trip. So I would say all those things, sometimes it's good to manage them. First, ensure that the company is solid, the company can be able to, to pay for itself. And that's why also speaking of budgets, also to have your projections in place because the projections will fit to the budgets. If you had projected for it vis-a-vis, and, and gone other days we used to say that, you know, uh, we, we've budgeted for this. Yes, we have to do it. No, no, no. we I, I totally uh, resonate with the school of thought that believes in having a life kind of a document from a budgetary perspective. Because budget keeps changing, uh, you know, assuming you had a budget in 2019, then COVID hits in, then, you know, that means you have to be flexible enough. You have to incorporate some some kind of cost, you know, you're not foreseen, or even your income may not come in as you had foreseen. So really, it's always good to have that kind of a live document that you keep updating, projections, and the budget. And uh, the last one, uh, I would say also, is how to manage your uh, your, your expenses again, um, especially operational expenses. And this could be in terms of admin expenses, could be in terms of, uh, even finance costs. Sometimes you find someone is in carrying out of cost on debt and the company is still young and you can be able even to manage your working capital as opposed to getting those expensive, you know, facilities like maybe going to borrow from a bank. So that limits your, or even it eats into your cash flow. So yeah those are the key things i would say but i can add more down uh, at some point thanks so much
1: yeah thank you steve so you mentioned some very important things started with like the basic like having the budget in place and that's been very important you talked about being able to prioritize investments being asset light, and having in mind that um, your budgets can change as a startup so um austin do you have something you want to add to what steve has said um. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Steve raised very strong points, which I
2: agree with. Um. Um. It, it stressed the importance of having a budget. Uh. Yeah. To add to that, I would say that um, you have to know what your budget or where where your money is going to. You have to know where the budget is going to be allocated to. Um. You, I mean, the, the purpose of money is it should be allocated to where it is very efficient. Um, this is finance 101. And so, if, if you are planning your budget, you have to know, okay, how can this money get something for me that can make me more money you get? Um, so, when, when you, and, okay, for instance, let's say, um, um, okay, a startup that's, um, a fintech now, and you've raised $100,000. $100, so, and the cost of getting a license is, a, a, um, an, a MFP license at approximately ninety thousand dollars. If you plan your budget, you you see that you're more, like if you spend um ninety thousand dollars to get the license, you are, you are left with ten thousand dollars. It's not a very good bargain. So, um, in as much as you're going to unlock an opportunity for you to um probably get um receive funds and operate as a bank, but you um it may not be a very good play for you. I mean, you may be shooting yourself in the leg. So I, I would say that you, you can possibly look for a way you can, you can, you can partner and um, then um, judiciously allocate the $100,000 to where it can be very efficient. Either in marketing, either in, in branding, business development or sales, whatever, so long as it, is, it will help you generate more money. And that's, that cannot be the same case for a, a business that has raised $500,000. Now, when you have raised $500,000, you know that um, you have the resources to get a, a, a license or a capital um, asset um, like a ve- a, that, can, that can require you to um, give out um, a large sum of money to unlock revenue for you. So, uh, yes, I agree with what um, Mr. Steve um, has um Clearly, i um, explained um, about the budget and the financial planning and, um, and monitoring your cash flow. But in, under that budget, it is very important that you know where the money is going to. You know how it is how it can help you unlock revenue. That is very important for any startup because at the startup phase, yeah, at the startup phase, it is the phase that, in as much as you are experimenting, it is the phase that you have the potential to to grow yeah it is it, it, it is a phase where you can grow fast it is a phase where you can take the most risk and it is a phase where if um, unnecessary risk can burn you and i mean i know in in the in, in the of startup ecosystem if you make a mistake you can easily recover from the mistake but um i i feel that i feel that um when um when you plan effectively when when you allocate when you plan your budget effectively you can um you can weather the storm yeah so sorry that i'm just rambling around but yeah that is just what i'm trying to stress the importance
1: of allocating your budget effectively thank you very much for that Austin. thank you for stressing the importance of having the budgets knowing where that budget is going to and allocating the budget efficiently. Thanks so much for that. So I don't know if Bulu or GD have anything they want to add or we're good. I think I could just literally uh, maybe
3: expand a little bit um, on uh, some of the points that the previous speakers highlighted. So when when you have limited capital, like uh, in the... Example that was used like $100,000, right? For a startup, right, you, you're p- pretty much operating like, uh, like a kid in kindergarten or uh, primary school would work with a line graph, right? Try to like, follow the line uh, because you have a lineup of things, you milestones you need to achieve, right, to get to the next uh, funding uh, gate as you, you, you could imagine it. And so what the budget does for you, I think uh, one of the speakers also, I like that Yet, it's literally a guide for you, right? As like, so you start on the journey, you hit the first milestone, you think the amount of money, or you think the next milestone has to be the two, two ahead. Then you strategize, and you plot that again and bring it closer. Okay, this is the next milestone I need to achieve. Because as I try to discover my market or find a product market fit, whatever it is you're trying to achieve, as you're getting closer to the reality of that milestone, you're saying that it's not as you have planned it. So you need to adapt. And when you're adapting, you're now able to say, okay, well, this, how much cash? Or you're adapting, you realize that maybe you have two options. And out of the two options, there's one that is a low-hanging fruit, which you think you can your cash flows can cover. Then that's when you go after. Because maybe demonstrating that, I mean, achieving that will demonstrate to your shareholders or your potential investors that, yes, you're making significant progress, and that will help you unlock the next funding. So from that perspective, the budget is actually a guide. Just think of it as a touchlight that kind of lights up your path as you move along. And if it shows that the path you're going is the wrong one, you adapt quickly, which is the, the forecasting, right? You quickly readapt the budget and go in the, right, in the next direction so you can hit the next milestone, Um
1: yeah, that's all I have to say. Yeah, thank you. So two very important things I've gotten to do is that cash is like the blood lifeline for your company, and the budget is the torch that will guide your path. <laughs> Thanks for that. So let me just go ahead to my next question, and this time I'll be starting with Bolu, then Steve, then Austin, then Gbenga. So yes, Bolu, since you're first, here's the question. So what are some common financial challenges that startups face and how do you think that they can overcome them? Uh, What do you mean common challenges? Just like general challenges, right? Okay, let me remove common. So what are financial challenges if you startups face and how can they overcome them? From just uh, from your perspective. I would just want to hear your thoughts. Okay. I don't want to limit your answer. Okay. So um I think
4: um for a technology company you you have um development costs like hiring engineers and building infrastructure, if you infrastructure-based, but if you are also technical you have to have hire a bunch of engineers as well? So um it's actually extremely hard for an company that, is, that don't have a technical um, partner or um, the person is not technical as well uh, and they have to hire engineers. Paying them would be a, a critical thing, right? So um, a good way to solve that is just by getting a technical founder. So... <laughs> um but it's actually tricky it's not necessary it's just for you to find a way to you know solve that problem um most of the uh you know vcs and uh, a bunch of other international investors like Y Combinator, always prioritize people that have technical expertise but i believe um people that have unique insights in what they are building are uh likely to succeed even without uh, you know technical expertise. So um another problem I think uh apart from hiring and you know getting your product out of the ground is um, acquiring customers. Um acquiring customers and partners. So um maybe you are need to pay vendors or maybe uh, your findings are to get uh, you know product lines or credit lines uh is another critical thing. So um Nigeria as a whole is not a it's not credit-based, you know, credit based, you know uh, we don't run a credit-based system whereby you can seamlessly get loans. Although we have free money, we of free money, maybe JD uh, is going to talk about that. So um, um, getting um, some of the things that will be needed in terms of, uh, you know, cost of goods sold or cost of service or, or critical things that could help you move your company forward is something that is, is a critical financial challenge. If you don't have money, so you should be able to like look for a way to, you know, get people or maybe negotiate with vendors and find a way to, you know, get those problems solved. Um, I don't know if maybe probably
1: other speakers going to talk more about critical financial challenges. Yeah, thanks for that, Bulu. So you talked about the um, how cost intensive it can be to hire. Technical talents and you're like get a co co founder right. (laughs) Thanks for that, Um, Austin. Please, I would love to hear from you. (laughs) Okay, so I mean, the biggest
2: talent startup startup have is money. Um, Startup don't have money. Um, and
5: uh, it's not that they don't
2: have money; they don't even know how to unlock this money, and is a problem. It it is why even startup want to raise. So it is limited resources and funds. And why, why it is so is because, um, you know, at the startup stage, you are, you are experimenting and for that, you, you have the highest risk. And an investor, um, let's say um, either some, a high net worth in, individual or, or someone that has um, a ticket size of 5K to um, 50 to 100K, um, they, sorry, um, so they are, more likely, they are more likely to invest in a project that can give them a required rate of return. So if, let's say, for instance, now I want to invest in, in, a, in a business, I will also consider.
1: Sorry, just give me a second. As Austin is taking his call, I guess, Steve, please, if you he can help us with some points from there till we have like Austin back.
5: Thank you, thank you, thank you, Ultron. Uh, yeah, the uh, the speakers have really raised very key and uh, pertinent issues. I think one more that I can add is about fundraising, which actually is a big challenge for startups in this continent. You find uh, maybe a startup that is struggling to raise, whether it's debt or equity, and... Uh, you know it takes longer than anticipated as well no for those who have been trying to raise or for those who have gone through the fundraising process sometimes it's it's very unpredictable sometimes the investor takes longer than anticipated, and yet you have commitments you have uh, probably uh you have tried to it, it was part of your projections that you needed some injections at some point down the road um that struggle of fundraising is a huge challenge for startups in this market they try to navigate and they try to. Sometimes even it takes longer even during due diligence, and you have no control over it. Um, and and another point, maybe I should add, is about um, uh, the currency. You know, depreciation, dep- depreciation of the of the local currency. Like now, assuming you are you are you are based in Ghana. Right now, we know how the the C D is is facing a hit. So you can imagine for the startups there. I know one startup based there that uh, that was funded in U S dollars, yet it's it's um, you know, uh, recognizing its income in uh, in city, so you know to repay back that loan is a challenge. Even to navigate, even the local market in terms of uh, you know uh, break even in in terms of revenue versus your expenses. So really, and those are challenges that even not just in 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 Ghana. You see in Zambia currently, even our currency here in Kenya has. Is getting a hit, you know. You can imagine someone who borrowed when the dollar uh, the dollar was at 100. Right now, the dollar is at speaking of something of headed 140 to 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 the dollar shilling to the dollar. So, I've seen struggles in that element. And uh, the last one I'll say is competition. So you find there's so many startups have been, um, you know, um, pushed out of business because of failure to manage competition. Maybe your competitor came with a better product, was more innovative, or or even was more resourceful than you. So that that's a big challenge because it hurts your business, it hurts your cash flow. And that can even can easily, easily um, you know, push out of business. So I mean I'll stop there. Um uh, because I can see probably Austin is back as well. All
1: right. Thank you very much, Steve. Austin, are you back with us? Or oh yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Apologies for that interruption. So yeah, I agree with again. I agree with what
2: Steve is saying. Um, one, there's limited resources. Um, there's, there's no money to competition, but but then again, um, I, I think in Nigeria, um, like a startup should not become should not be worried about competition. They should rather be worried about the dynamic nature of regulations. And um, so, the you know, governments will just wake up one day and just change do a policy that can um scatter the strategy of a startup. So that is a big problem for startups and um, projects and bus- and businesses in Nigeria. Three, um, I would say um um there is there seems to be Lately, I've noticed that there seems to be lack of synergy between what the startup wants and what the users want or the customers want. So, a startup is um, a startup, a business. I don't. A business is um the the we we intend we tend to build um, a product based on what we think our users want, and our users, even the most smartest, the most intelligent of our users, and um, when they're interacting with our products, they they are like children, so um, if we are en- engaging with, with our users, uh, we should—I um, don't know—stoop to their level, like treat them like children. Um, not, and that's why, like, I mean, there's this particular setup sort of I really like. He does speak how how they are engage, how their customer acquisition and retention strategy is. How they took every user as if um, that user is like a child or has not operated technology before, and when 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 I think each user, each um users or customer like that, um that customer have good things to talk about the startup, and I mean it's part of like the, because the customer will refer that startup to other startups, and yeah, so that that is those are the key challenges I feel that startups in Nigeria are operating. Um, yeah, I think I think that is just my own observations.
1: All right, thank you very much for that, Austin. So I'm about to go on to my next question. Well, I don't know why I just have this feeling that GD has something he wants to add. GD, am I right or am I wrong? Uh, you're right. Um, yeah, I was going to
3: say strategy um, is one of the biggest challenges, whether it's financial um, or even in the overall business, right? One of the things that I noticed that a lot of... Uh, African startups struggle with is strategy. And strategy is quite broad, right? Um, people, uh, I've seen a lot of startups that will blame the ev- economic environment, the government policies. But from the get-go, they didn't even have a, they didn't have a business. What they had is a, uh, there's an arbitrage opportunity, and they try to build a company around arbitrage opportunity. I've also seen cases of businesses that have uh, a product Right? Um, and they try to build a company and raise funding around the product. Uh, look, from anyone that's gone through any of the um, sort of innovation management programs will tell you that look, those are set out to fail right out of the bat. Unless you have a funding lifeline, the industry which you're operating is one where there's a, a long longevity of funding and you can go ahead to you know, innovate and innovate and maybe after 10 years, you have a breakthrough. Like we, we have with AI now, right? And you can now monetize and build a company around it. Uh, a lot of these startups, a lot, are built around arbitrage, are built around um, uh, products, a single product. And when they eventually fail, uh, usually, uh, maybe after Series A, they can't reach Series B and eventually go quiet. Uh, some of the funding, um, crowdfunding platforms that we we saw in the market in the last four years they're in that category those are all products that could have uh been sold to say a piggyvest, so they can you know you collapse your product into piggyvest. because you expand piggyvest as a portfolio as the founder of that product here yeah, you get some equity right um if anyone knows a company called the pathion um they have a product called i, I invest right they're literally aggregators of you know products so yeah, it's all boils down to strategy. From the get-go, if you set up your strategy, say, okay, what I have is a product, I'm going to grow it. Yes, I'm going to incorporate a company around it. But as soon as I get critical mass, I get an offer from a big company that is willing to buy it and collapse it as a product into their portfolio. I let it go. Right? But i seen a lot of founders say no, and they drag and drag and drag to the point where um, they can't raise more funding Then they die. Then we blame the government and the ash economic environment. If you know right out of the bat that your strategy, uh, what your strategy is, that you know that it's just a single product, it's going to give, it has a lifeline of 18 months, then you need to be working on a second product. Uh, there are examples of startups in Nigeria today that are started as a single product company and quickly expanded by setting up a an adjacent startup to extend the lifetime of their company because the first one would die a natural death if you don't move quickly. So it all boils down to strategy. Whether it's how to raise capital, it's still strategy. You have to strategize. Who are you taking money from? Right? The person you took, HI you took your seed from, right? Or your pre seed. Can they follow you into the larger round? Right? If they don't follow into the larger round, how are you going to negotiate with the guys, the wolves that will come on the larger round that will price you out? So everything for boils, you know, from day one, you craft your strategy. This is my nature of my business. This is the industry. This is the type of money that can support the longevity that I need to get to, you know, break even or self-financing. So, you know, however you look at it, right, um, every founder needs to uh, take a step back and really craft a strategy. Yeah. And a solid one. Even to defend yourself against the government when government policy comes, right, it's part of strategy. The government wants to shut down the internet, what's my backup plan? Right. Those are all strategies. We've seen, I don't know if anyone remember those companies, Eskimi and the likes, uh, or um, B's MP3, where we went back then we used to download MP3 files. When government shut down the .nl business, the next minute they're moving to .de. When government of Denmark shut down the .de, next minute they're moving to NZ. Right. These guys already built a strategy around government Say, if you want to shut us down, we're going to move. And I always refer people to classic Uber case. Uber started as Uber cars, and the California government tried to shut them down. No, San Francisco City government tried to shut them down, shut them down. But guess what? They collapsed Uber cars as a, as a company and registered Uber Inc. And that's the Uber that we all know today. Because they built a strategy around fighting government all over the world. So today, Uber is constantly fighting government all over the way and, and all over the world. And if you go and look at Uber EdCount, they are very heavy on Harvard uh, lawyers, very heavy on Yale lawyers, very heavy on Cambridge lawyers to help defend the business, defend the strategy. So, again, uh, that's just uh, some prominent examples. If you look closely, closer to home, you'll find so many examples of stuff like that, right? Even our classic MTM. So, yeah, it all boils down to
1: strategy for me. Yeah, thank you for stressing on the importance of strategy. I, I like the way you started that uh, um, governments can change regulations, they can change policies, but it's important for startups to have the right strategy. When you mentioned about like the arbitrage of opportunity, I had wanted to say please and uh, talk more about that, but I'm glad that you actually spoke more um, about that. <laughs> Thanks um, for that, GD. So let me just go on to my next question, and this will be directed at Bolu. So Bolu, the question is, what are some warning signs or red flags that indicate a startup may be experiencing cash flow issues? And based off like what you've seen relating to this, how do you advise that startups can address them? Um, for a startup, um, okay, Based on my own experience,
4: I've seen a lot of stars that are always like kind of like um they they document, they they doctor their books like they, they lie a lot. So for them to mm-hmm. raise next yeah. round, they have to lie another lie. Right. So okay. um, I've seen I've seen I've seen a couple of them, even some of them they will still use that, you know, doctored. Books uh, to get into accelerators and stuff. <clears throat> Practically for anybody that wants to build a based on like based on what uh, you know, Gide said strategy for longevity, longevity. Like you should be able to like create a plan on how to to uh, grow your company sustainably, uh, even in the face of opposition from everybody, even competition and stuff. So uh founders that actually want to be generational companies should be able to create a strategy that will help them to become generational companies. And aside from maybe doctoring the books, they should be able to keep effective books, books that uh are critical, like we're talking about budgets, budgeting and stuff. So um Another thing is that um, I think red flag is that a lot of complaints hire too much at the very early phase, which is not like it's not good. You 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 want to burn your entire the runway that was meant to take you for twelve months or twenty four months. You you want to burn it in six months. And the essence of the runway is to take you from one milestone to the other so that you can raise your next round. And Based on you know stats that we've seen for a company that wants to raise series H should be doing 10 percent growth rates <laughs> averagely, probably monthly. So you should be able to like measure your matrix. You should be able to like create a cash flow module that can help you to assess your levels. So practically, a good startup, we actually have uh, good plans on how to manage cash flow. A company. That are doing a bunch of things that are not actually like that are irregular. Like uh, you know, they are, they are not keeping they, are, they are not keeping good books. They are doctoring. They are hiring too much, or they, are, they they cannot differentiate between something that is nice to have or something that is most that that is a must have. Like they are not cutting costs right from onset. They are most likely going to run into issues with like in the in the on in the long run. And based on this, you know, fundraising climate where everybody is not like even Sequoia is struggling to raise their funding round. So it's actually gonna be hard for them to you know survive.
3: Thank you very much for that, Bulu. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is great.
2: Okay, yeah, I think Bulu. Um, yeah, Bulu is, is a very strong point. And let me add to what he's saying. Um, so I mean a flag. I see startup phase um, is okay. I, I, I feel it is very important for, for startups to have someone that's at least have a strong understanding of finance. Um and that way they can easily know where things is already going wrong. So so let's say for, for instance, I don't know whether um most of you here yeah, are familiar with them. Um, the um the three um accounting statement as the P and L, the cash flow, uh, cash flow, and balance
3: sheet.
2: So, um, so in the balance sheet, there's a there's a there's a line, line of the item called um the cash balance. So, essentially, that is just money in the bank. That's let's say you've raised or you've um generated revenue, yeah. So that cash balance, the ending cash balance, is the money in the bank. So, if you notice that your your money in the bank is reducing either months on months or day on day or year year on year. Then you need to do something about it. You need to it, um, either increase revenue or you cut cost, cost. Um, um. I I know there's a popular statement uh, or there's a popular quote about the McKinsey and the PwC that you need to cut cost costs at all at all means. But there's also an alternative: increase revenue. Yeah, so. And that that means that um, you should always ensure that your cash balance or your money in the bank um, is not. I, I think you need to. I think you sort of need to have a benchmark where. Um, I mean, this is just hypothetically speaking. So where, like, if if your cash balance falls towards a benchmark or that um, target, that target level, you know, that there's a problem. That you you need to do something. That you cut cost costs or you increase revenue. Um, so, I mean, and how you can cut costs is either you, um, you, um, either you reduce your hiring, you you, you freeze your hiring um, strategy, um, you, uh, reduce, um, all these expenses like, um, paying for, um, for, for flexing or you increase your revenue, like you position, well, allocate some of that, um, flexing money towards um towards unlocking revenue i like stressing the importance of unlocking revenue um so another another flag i see i won't call it a red flag another flag i see is um Okay, there, there's also a difference between a startup that have raised that have money and a startup that is not making money, that is just struggling, that is making um probably like hundred um a per day or ten um, ten thousand per month. So if if you are in the, if you're in that category of where you're not making money, then I think you 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 need not con you need not, you need not consider yourself to you need not to be thinking about um um costs like general administrative costs or the only cost you should consider. Um, the only cost you should consider um, looking at is probably cost to revenue, something that can make you unlock revenue. So in microeconomics, um, they say that um, when your um, um, when your um, marginal revenue is equals is less than your um, and variable cost, you should shut down. Um, what variable cost mean is like cost of probably. Um, the selling general administrative costs like salaries and staffs, uh, um, um, utility costs, uh, marketing, branding. So if if the revenue, if your marginal revenue, if let's say you're making 10,000 naira monthly and your cost is 15,000 naira monthly, that's month on month. Um, then you should consider shutting down because how because you're not even thinking about the, even the fixed costs. The fixed costs are probably like um, cost of um, um, I, um, I don't know, I don't know what the fixed cost for for okay, for, for, for an entertainment business, the fixed cost like cost of getting a tutor that's the fixed cost. You need that cost to um, sorry, for a, for ed for tech, you need that tutor cost to make you money um so you need to, so if, if your marginal revenue is less than f- f- fixed costs, if less than your fixed costs it means that i mean there's still hope for you what you just need to do is just um allocate some of your marginal revenue towards unlocking more revenue to be higher than the fixed costs however if your marginal revenue is less than that variable cost you get it means that there's a problem and you need to shut down in the short term so um, and i've stressed it in my first points one way you can know that is you, i think you need to have a benchmark uh, let's say we are making um hundred thousand a month, and your variable cost is fifty thousand. now not okay. Well, if my if my revenue drops to like sixty thousand, I I know there's a problem. I don't want to let my 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 let my cost my revenue be less than my um, variable cost. But essentially, that is just I mean that that's from the finance perspective. Um, I, I, um, I, I am I, I I may not be. Um, giving all the po- full picture. But if, uh, as a finance person, that's what I typically look look at for, especially if I'm looking at a startup or looking at a project, I look at, okay, if the marginal revenue is less than the variable because there's a problem, can this startup have, does this startup have the, possi- the potential to increase that the marginal revenue? So that's what I typically look at for.
1: All right. Thanks for that, Austin. You had made mention of if your marginal revenue is less than your variable cost. Based on macroeconomic theory, the company should shut down. So I think this kind of leads to my next question because I'm still trying to understand that. And GD, I don't know if you'll be able to help with that. So the question is, um, how can startups balance the need for investing in things like, let me say, growth marketing for things they want to scale up quickly um, while trying to maintain a positive cash flow, while trying to be profitable?
3: Ah, uh, that's my favorite uh, subject. Um, um, yeah, look, I, I think for for a startup, I would um, I always advise uh, startups founders to find a growth archer, Uh Especially when you are in your early stages with limited cash, um, not a marketing person. Um, because marketing people tend to be broader, they, they always think about the brand and you know uh, some culture elements. But a growth hacker, if that's what you really need at that point, um, that's what you should focus on. Um, I'm not a big fan of vanity spend. Um, as you, if you look around the market here, you won't see even real money. We don't do vanity spend. Um, a lot of our competitors, uh, you know, two years ago, last year, for instance. Um, you know, you see billboards everywhere. They have ambassadors all over, all over the place. Um, very vibrant on social media. Um, and all of this spend have no relationship to your P&L, right? Uh, yeah, it strengthens your brand. People know your brand. Um, if your brand does not last, what's the point of a strengthened brand, brand that you can push product into market? Right. So, um, from that perspective, I always recommend for startups to stay away from vanity at the start point. Uh, uh, I know it's really hard to do for a lot of Nigerian companies because uh, there's a um, cultural element to it, right? If you're not making noise, you have not known, you're not chilling with a big noise. (laughs) Uh, people don't reach you. Uh, but really, depending on your nature, nature of your business, from our perspective, right, what we do primarily is give out loans and we take money, um, take deposit. Um, people that want loans, they don't need an advert. Right? The need for the money will remind them of Remedy, right? Uh, the fact that you need money, you just know you have to uh, go on Remedy website or go Google and say, where can I find quick, quick money? Remedy will pop up, right? Uh, because we've been here longer and that's the benefit of the SEO that we have, right? Uh, and the guys that are looking for a high yield return on their money, it's the same thing. They're looking for where to place money. And these people tend to know how to dig around. There's always, you know, where do I put my money, right? Uh, between uh, the Ponzi scheme and the crowdfunding platform and the banks that offer the lowest return, there's a middle hotspot, I mean, sweet spots, right? Where, where is where most of us come to play? Then it becomes a spend for competition amongst our peers, um, but for the guys that are pretty early stage uh, behind the journey than where we are, uh, again, use a an exa- example, there's a bit of spend you have to make, right? To be visible, to be known, to get your credibility, um, because that's what it is for a financial service player. It's credibility uh, is to spend in the right place to get credibility. Um, I, look, I like Boy, I like video, I like all the popular artists, Right. But how, what's the correlation between me signing as a superstar, a celebrity, and my p and Really, I have seen zero correlation. And with the result we've seen from some of our competitors, right, it's also proof to the fact that those things don't help your situation. Um, you know, uh, cheaper cash, I think, has boy. Um, the company has, the valuation has been tanking literally per hour, right? Um, maybe they achieve their purpose in the market, but yeah, the valuation that they they received that was last public, right, is being discounted by over ninety percent from what I gather from the from the industry. Um, but again, uh, and that's the danger of uh, marketing because you start to encroach into yeah, I want to hack my growth, I want to acquire users, I want to you know troubleshoot my revenue, and gradually you if you do not pump the brakes, you find yourselves you know in the vanity region, spending a lot of dollar value that has no impact to your bottom line. Uh, another anecdote I can just drop is, you know, I did the work for one of the e-commerce startups uh, back when they were, you know, they were in their prime. Um, and one of my first recommendations is stop spending on marketing. And this company was spending about 50 million naira every week on marketing. Stop spending. Every week. Every week. And this was like 2014. And we stopped spending. The first week, no impact to traffic. We're still getting the same traffic on the, on the bottom line. Conversion was the same, nothing changed. Week two, week three, week four, nothing changed. We stretched this all the way to nine, um, three months. Nothing changed. And I saw so we've been burning 15 million a weekly for years. Because it's hard to really measure, but people, the fear of not, of stopping is what crypto, but because I was new, I didn't have all these history, I just said, hey, stop. And literally, we stopped and there was literally nothing, impact to the book. Right? Um, yeah. So those are some of the examples, right, the pit, pit, uh, you know, traps that a lot of startups thought startup of getting to. So for me, fundamentally, anything that looks like vanity, you know, I, I don't even support it to start with, unless somebody come with, with um quantifiable metric that justify why you should. Uh, if you can show me how whiskey will improve my revenue, oh, definitely I will spend. It's all about ROI for me. And just to help put some of the points uh, that the previous speaker talked about about marginal cost, marginal revenue. Um, nowadays, one of the things are. Uh, VCs will ask you for is your unit economics. And that was the thing that the speaker was talking about. Right? It all goes onto your unit economics. For every one error you make, how much do you spend? Do I get a positive uh, gain at the bottom contribution? Yes, okay. Let's how many of these products can we sell? That's the conversation now. And a lot of the startups have not been able to raise money since last year because their UEs, right? Will not return uh, positive numbers at the bottom line. So simply, simply put, it's like selling a bottle of Coke. Um, it costs you $1 to buy it. How much can you sell it? If you factor in all your costs, right? right, You sell it for $2. You back out the cost of purchase, $1. All the cost of marketing, blah, 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 to push your distribution, right? To, does it return extra $0.10 cent at the bottom line? If no, shut it down. If yes, the qu- next question is, how many of, how many bottles of Coke can you sell? Can you sell $1 million? Boom. There we go, right? So, um, yeah, uh, for a startup, getting their unit economics right is critical. And the other point is, yes, uh, growth, spending on growth hacking should be carefully measured so I don't creep into the vanity
1: region. Thanks for talking extensively on that, GD. I really appreciate. And Austin was just training in love as you we were talking. <laughs> Thanks for that. So let me just jump right into my final question because I think we're it's already seven p.m. So I'll just start with Steve, then Austin, then Bolu, then GD. So, what final advice do you have for early-stage entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs who are looking to effectively manage their startups' finances and ensure long-term financial health? So I'll start with you, Steve.
5: Yeah, thank you about that. Uh, and uh, Thank you so much also for that. such a nice question. It's so practical in the current day uh, business, you know, order of doing business. Uh, I think I'll start with a strategic partnership. Uh, so for every startup, it's good to know who you're partnering with and not just partnership for the sake of it, but strategic par- partnership. And here I mean, even if you are looking for an investor, not just for the sake of money, but also other value that that investor is bringing to the table probably exposure to market, for instance, um, the product that you're doing, if you're based in Nigeria, you would want to duplicate to other markets, say to East Africa, or even to South Africa, is, there, is the investor that you want to bring on board able to give you that kind of exposure. So, um, I always advise before you, you know, you put the pen to the paper, just, See the value that you're getting for that kind of partnership. If it's about the co-founder, you want, you're a founder, you want to bring another co-founder to the table. What is this co-founder bringing? Are you complementing each other? If say you're good in finance. Is the co-founder bringing bring, bring business development skills or bring marketing skills? Or maybe he's a technical person. Maybe you need someone who understands engineering or someone who understands a certain aspect that is missing in the business. So it's always good to understand what is missing in the business. And as you engage partners, you see, you evaluate and see the value add to that. And then also it's good to understand the stages of your business. If say you've moved from early stage, you've gone now to I bet now you're moving now to uh, maybe you're starting to generate revenue. So at that level, you need to know the gears to to engage. You need to know who to speak to, not just from investor's perspective, but even from a a company perspective, even internally. You need to bring the right structures. Who do you need to bring on board? Probably when you're starting your one-man show, what we call the key man risk. So at one point you need to grow your business. You need to understand how your business is growing. Maybe you need to add a HR person or you need to add a finance person on board, or you need even to add uh, an operational person. So it's always good to understand and to feel the business. And even also, um, as I conclude, my point is also about understanding your business model, because sometimes the business model you keep iterating, especially very early stage businesses. Sometimes you speak to, uh, you can stick to one model, but then, uh, probably you need to iterate a bit for you to fit the market. You find maybe the market or the market is demanding or what the customers are, are looking for. You know, that uh, product market fit kind of a scenario. You need to strongly understand that this is actually what the ma- uh, the customers are looking for and be able to keep iterating your model up to a point that you feel now he- this is fitting the market. This is acceptable. This is scalable. It's replicable. So again, um as, as i conclude my points out i would say the last one is about also um putting the right structures in place because you find people who grow their businesses they go to the levels even to series a or series b but then again you find that business has no structures whether it's governance whether it's structures in terms of regulations or compliance, because compliance is a key factor. I don't know much about the Nigerian businesses, but if you're here in Kenya, someone has grown, as he or he or she has grown the business to a level you are generating maybe even ten million dollar per annum. But then again, you have even not been paying your taxes. You've not been, uh, you know, uh, filing your returns. You've not been doing the right kind of reporting. So, no matter how big you are those small shortcuts can bring a business down so yeah those are some of the areas uh, i've seen uh, startups overlook and i mean it's always good and also to seek advice i mean um as i always say and that's why we are having even this conversation so if you have a business you're a startup founder i mean it's you should never feel like uh you know someone is downgrading you or someone is making you uh, is making a fool out of you always Feel free to ask questions, have consultants at your DAL, you know, speak to finance consultants, speak to legal consultants, speak to all the industry companies, ask for advice, ask for mentorship. Because again, even Kondangote, uh, I'm sure, you know, even at his level, I'm sure they are who he speaks to and he gets, you know, that kind of mentorship or that kind of clarity of purpose. So it's always good to speak to people. It's always good to attend these kind of forums or other forums. And that's how we grow. That's how we learn from each other. I'll stop there, Altron.
1: Thank you for that, Steve. Thank you for that. Austin, please, what we'll advice do you. you have Wow, oh, Steve, that was very impressive. That was very impressive.
2: So um, I have, while Steve was um, speaking, I was taking notes. Um, so I have three advice. I mean, I, I'm also advising myself. So first thing is uh, <laughs> in seeking partnership, very important. That is very, either either probably technical partnership, um, strategy partnership. So okay, um, any any partnership that can make you take you to where you should be, because at the early stage you don't have money. So what you need is partnership to take you to where you should be, either um, in terms of finance, either in terms of government, um, um venture capital, um. Whatever, that partnership is very important. Um, second thing I would say is that you should understand your customers. Understand them in such a way as see if they are your babies. Um, because, one, at your early stage, they are your first stakeholders. Um, one, one company I like recently is this PD um, by Fever. Um, yes, we may understand that there's a lot of fintechs um, in the ecosystem, but what Fever is doing. Um he he understanding I I would say, or oh, maybe I'm biased, but I would say to, to some extent he understands um his potential users and explain to so their vanity. Let me let me use that phrase vanity. Um let me steal that from GD. Um so yeah, I I think um startup needs to understand their customers as, as if they're as, they as if they are um because they are their first stakeholders. Yeah so if you also want to raise um if let's say possibly you've um, you've been spending from your resources and you want to raise external capital um you need to try and understand the mechanism of that raise either in finance or growth or legal or like um yeah you need to understand the, me- the mechanism um that way you 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 have you have very positions to um I mean, you you know what you're doing, and wh- that is one thing that is notable uh, amongst um, successful entrepreneurs is that they under they try to understand their business as if they themselves are are uh, kids. So, in as much as they are growing and uh, you, like you try to understand um, um, your business or the, or the mechanism of any anything. Then, last my last point will be. Um, if you want to raise, you need leverage. Let me take this because um, two weeks ago I was in Lagos, and I I had I, I met with um, the executive director of Lagos Business Angels Network and um, and the chairman of Vico Insurance. And they stressed to him, they stressed a lot of things. But the, the 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 thing that stood out for me was they were talking about the importance, I mean, for wealth creation, they were talking about the importance of leverage. You need to build. If you're building a product, you need to um create a leverage in such a way that you do not need like you you want support, but you do not need support. Okay? You need to have that leverage, that cap- capability that you want support, but it, it is you're not desperate for that support. So yeah, those are my four I say three advice, but those are my four advice for start of. I'm um, even advising myself to.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, Austin. Thanks, Austin. Thanks for sharing that. Bolu, please, I also want to hear what you have for us. Okay, um, yeah, thanks for the opportunity. So for
4: me, I think any startup should be able to arc distribution model effectively if they want to really scale. So um, just like um, what everyone has said from AD to what Jide was talking about regarding the company that was born in 10 million in 10 or 50 million so primarily what i'm saying is that you should be able to understand your customers closely well maybe you write a user persona, right um, try to know exactly who your customers are know where they are and be able to go there right so i can give an example of a startup that um i know of so um they were trying to launch a program. So, we just a simple, you know, WhatsApp message. It was actually an engineering fellowship with a single WhatsApp message. WhatsApp message, They were able to acquire almost 400, you know, fellows within 10 days of application and across their own countries in Africa without any marketing or publicity, without any website as well. So, um, how did they do it? You were able to leverage, you know, various engineering, you know, networks um, at the, uh, likes of um um old, uh, old school and all of like all of those communities. So um, I think instead of that, we actually like be able to like keep the money coming should understand very well their distribution model, uh, and distribution models are gonna be unique, right? So um, Another thing is to understand the correlation, as Julia said, like, um, you should be able to understand how your initiatives, your products relate to your revenue. Uh, And it all boils down to unit economics, right? So, um, what's the gross margin for every, um, you know, um, $100 I'm making, what's actually the revenue I'm making from it, aside from, you know, the cost of offering that service so so when you are able to like ascertain your gross margin you should be able to like calculate it over time and you know and the number of you know uh, number of products you have sold then you know your unit economics and then you should be able to like try and see if it's positive of time is it growing am i making two times of every cost of you know uh, of marketing or cost of you know, of selling this product so, you uh, is it's critical, it's fundamental. Everybody should know it, even it will help you to um, enhance your operational efficiency. Like uh, maybe there's an example of a company I wanted to give with actually, uh, There's a company, Atoms, it, it's a, uh, you know, sneak out uh, Baker in uh, New York City. Um, so, that company has literally less than six months of runway, and they were literally being advised to just, just wind down, you guys just close up. So, um but they actually created strategies. They created a, a cash flow module that can help them to better assess all of the financial metrics. They want to really know what their company stands in terms of gross, gross margins and all of that. They talk to all the team members. We need to cut costs. We need to let go of all the nice to have and all of that, and ensure that we keep costs to basis. So, from there, they they created. A mantra for you know for for top for 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 uh addressing customers issue you have to be able to like you know deal with uh you know um a customer support or create a a a a working customer support uh, you know engine because um you know it's critical you should be able to like uh, be able to create a customer support engine that can keep those customers that you have acquired so that they will keep coming so apart from that they also did something um so they, they did a bunch of things that way that enabled them to like understand their unit promise that for them to be profitable they have to maintain 70 uh, revenue mm-hmm. growth they have to maintain a certain amount of month-on-month growth rates they have to maintain a certain amount of you know um so they, they were able to understand their business better when they were able to create something like a financial plan like a kind of like a cash flow module so I think every business needs, needs 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 that for them to sustainably or, you know grow their cash cash flow over time. So it will help them to keep growing, help them to keep measuring and as like data is critical. So they will be able to um, know the essential metrics. like if I want to launch this product, it this product has to give me like two percent profit margin. For me to see it as a success, like a a product launch success, so so it's critical. You should be able to like connect every product you're launching, every initiative you are bringing to the company to revenue at the end of the day. So um, those are those are, those are the advice um, or pieces of advices, I, I, pieces of advice I have. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks, Gertin.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your insights, and thank you to all the speakers. Thank you so much. It was really, really a very insightful space. And we're really thankful that you were able to share valuable good insights with us. Um, on behalf of Elton and everybody else. Okay, somebody wants to say something. So let me just bring them up. Hi, Pearl and Elton. Can you speak? I there your speakers. Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Alright, hi, thank you Thank you so much I, I was going to say, I know Elton had a problem But I think I was going to say Jide was the only one who hadn't given like his last Okay, this is the takeaway, I think I hadn't heard that So I just wanted to, Um, I know you were closing up But I just wanted to give him a chance to also Do that so we have that on record as well
3: Yeah, I think, I mean The other speakers really nailed it Right Um, Yeah, the the only other thing I'll add Is uh, the uh, Entrepreneurship is a difficult journey. Uh, you know, um, I, I never speak about the <laughs> that part of my career. I've Tried it a couple of times at GoBrand. I work closely with uh, founders. Uh, even though it's a, it's a, you know it's the best part of my working my career experience. Um, but yeah, I always try to encourage uh, founders or uh, anyone that is working closely with one um, mm-hmm. that it's never easy. Um, uh, it's uh, it's like uh, everything you do is like a uh, building block so you don't try to get other block at once it's one chip at a time and whether it's how you apply your capital how you uh, even burn your own personal and physical energy right it's the same thing you focus it on the things the chip that you need next it's going to get you to the next goal if you're Trying to achieve all of them in one go, then you quickly get burned out, and uh, unfortunately, uh, you know the company has to shut down or fold up. Uh, is, is the case? I think uh, it's uh, the data. Last time I checked, is four out of one thousand uh, startups make it to Series B. Um, so it's critical that yeah everybody working with that. At the back of their mind knowing fully well that yeah i'm trying to be one of the four out of the one thousand that will make it to series b and uh, maybe you know uh, the, the ratio even gets narrower as you get closer to say ipo um but i mean if you're able to make it to through series b then you're guaranteeing yourself additional runway to experiment and do different things that could change the fortune of your company so yeah apply your energy apply your finances uh, apply your relationship uh, on one chip at a time, so that yeah, uh, you can hit the milestone, the next milestone, and everything that is what everyone has said. Whether it's you're using unit economics model or you're using budget or a robust financial model, right? You always need help, seek counsel from experts. Forums like these are very very helpful. Um, you always come across people that have had series of experience. Then the last part is you have to talk to the people that have failed. Typically humans we always get attracted to the things that are successful. Um, we want to talk to founders that are successful uh, so we can learn how they made made it but we often do not speak to the guys that that failed. Because the difference between the guys that made it and the guys that failed you'd be surprised is very very tiny little factor. Unless you speak to the founder that has failed right? The successful founder didn't know about that factor. Is the... Founder that field that I knew about the fact that like, this is the reason why I didn't make it. So I tend to speak to people that I feel more often that we are, are successful. Uh, that's my recommendation. Thank you. And it's been a great opportunity being here.
0: Thank you so much, Nide. that was so great. And thank you, Balut thank you, Austin. And I know Steve dropped off, but thank you so much. I've been in the audience. I've been taking notes. You guys really just like brought a lot of value. And I know that the founders and, Um, Different people who are going to listen to this are going to get so much value. It's one of those uncool things to talk about, but it is so important for the life of um, the business. So I'm so, so happy to have been here and learned from you guys. And yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And on behalf of Elton and I, thank you so much. So have a great um, night, guys, and we'll see you next time. (laughs) Bye. Thanks for tuning in to our podcast. If you found value in today's episode, You can find more at gotlaunchpad.com. Stay inspired, stay innovative, and keep building those dreams. Until next time, bye.